0: Jesus he is he who died yes rather was raised who is on the right hand of God who intercedes for you Jesus took your con- condemnation you do not deserve forgiveness but Jesus took your place Jesus stands before a holy god and declares you righteous he pleads your case he took your condemnation he has taken up your cause Here it comes a brand
1: new day, but I don't fall, your love will see me through it all, new opportunity and challenge like your word, directs me to what's right, and spurs me on right through the fight, with the promise of new life.
2: My name is John, and you're listening to A Word with God, and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 while we continue to go through that. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 39 is... Uh, we've been going through mm-hmm. that that verse, these verses, for the past four weeks.
0: In so a series book. called The Gospel of Jesus Christ... I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Awesome.
2: How are you doing, Stan?
0: I'm doing really well, John, and good, you? Good.
2: I'm doing well. And you know what? I think this is a good opportunity just for me to say... Again, how we always do that. It's not just you and I that are here doing this program. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's other people that are involved with it. And one of the the people, and really one of the key parts of this, is Rebecca. Right. In terms of her, in terms of being able to help out. Right. And what I'd even say is that if people are listening to this program, when you come to Evangel, uh, One Twelve Spadina Road West. If you decide to come on over, we'd love to see you. You, you need to see, check out Rebecca. You need to see Rebecca. You need to be yeah. able to say and hi, say Rebecca. Yeah. Um, you, you get to see what sh- who she is. She's
0: our sound engineer. She's a lot of. And, and we've recorded this once already because she forgot to turn us on, and we've done this once.
2: But here's the thing: even though we did it once, and we started doing it again, yes, I am still very thankful for her. As a I person. am too. So I just wanted because she to said if, that.
0: if we didn't like it that, that we could learn how to do it ourselves, and <laughs> that would that would be like a mess and a disaster. So I think we need to learn appreciation. That's what makes me thankful. So we're going
2: through a message right now, and we're going through Romans. This is a a, very, a long series that we're going through. It's actually, yes, it is. It'll be about sixty uh, radio show episodes that we're going through in total. Wow! And as you said, you know it's the it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this mm-hmm. is really one of the fundamental books. Of the Bible, in terms of from a real foundational theo- theological, I know I'm using really big words right now, <laughs> okay. but it's you know it, it's it's an important book of the Bible for people to know, appreciate, study, and understand. Right.
0: Very dependent upon Deuteronomy and Isaiah, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul quotes from Moses' writings, and he uh, quotes Isaiah. All through this. I mean, some of the Psalms too, but this is really um, one of those, if you think of a three legged stool of theology and man's relationship with God and what God requires of man, mm-hmm. uh, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, and the book of Romans really give you a complete picture.
2: Well, and, and it's, you know, it's sort of uh, good timing that we're going through it right now, in a way, because again, there's life. There's life lessons here for people to take a look at and say, you know hmm. what, I'm going to start making some changes in my life. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people look at January mm-hmm. for times of resolution, mm-hmm. but realistically, an, another big time, and I, and I was mentioning this to you, uh, you know, off off recording, but one of the big times that people tend to look at major life decisions uh, comes now, comes in yeah. September. September's coming yeah. along. Kids are going to school, back to mm-hmm. school. Some kids are going to a college, university. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. some some of the people who this is going to be their first week and maybe the first time they've ever heard the show and their first week in this area is because they've just started going to the university. It's one of the two that's around here. Mm -hmm. So with major life decisions, um, I guess a question I would have is and and the obvious answer when I ask this is probably going to be a evangel but just <laughs> sure. bear with me if no. somebody's looking for a church and they and yeah. they're brand new to this area I think that right. they might be listening to this show yeah. and they and this will pique their curiosity but what yeah. you know what would be some ideas of how to find a church for themselves
0: we wanna be in a church that you can uh tap into and be a part of. And I know as a student you go, I, I really don't have a lot of extra time, but uh mm-hmm. there's there's something about our growth as followers in Christ that that accelerates as we become involved in a body. And so you look for a place that uh has an openness to drawing people in and allowing them to serve Jesus. You look for a place that where the word of God is held uh, in supremacy. And, uh, I mean, just like you said earlier, we're going to be 60 shows on this. That's because when we go through scripture, we go verse by verse and Mm -hmm. word by word. And we believe that God is a God who wants to communicate and he didn't, uh, you know, when, when God communicates, he's clear. And so every word, every phrase, every paragraph, every chapter has importance, and so um, you know i'd say thats that's where you have to to look for a church that's preaching god's word, a community that's tied together in faith and so that's where people take the masks off and, and as po- much as possible are real and vulnerable and uh, transparent now that's hard to find and, and I wouldn't say evangel's there yet we're we're on the journey. Uh, but you need that as a church as well, and a the church that knows how to pray, and uh, and that's another area that we are really putting the wood on the fire these days. As uh, is that we're looking to be transformed into a church that's that's a church that's on its knees. And uh, in fact, this year we're going to take the whole month of January and we're going to make that a month of prayer and fasting. We did that last year, and God just really showed up and uh, did a lot to change people's hearts and lives. In fact, um, we're going to be having a guest speaker in January, uh, um, and uh, he is going to be speaking in the areas of hurts and wounding and uh, coming to God. His name is uh, Nick Cardassus, and uh, Nick is just an amazing minister of the Word of God, and so it's almost, not quite, but almost like the old days when we used to have um, he, uh, have services of, uh, of uh, revival. And um, I don't use that word a lot because I think a lot of things get tagged as being revival that, that aren't. But let's call it a prelude to revival where we're ready to open our arms and our hearts for what God would have for us. And then in the process... Change our lives, and so uh, those are some things in, about churches and I would say that if you are looking for a church um, not running away from a church, I mean you need to deal with what you need to deal with if, mm-hmm. if you 're in a church and things aren 't going well, um, there are times to leave a church, but ninety percent of the time it 's a matter of um, of uh, doing the hard work of repentance and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we would never want to draw anybody away from their church uh, because they're discontented. Um, but we want to draw people into the body of Jesus Christ at Evangel uh, because uh, because you're looking for a place to hear God's word, to commune with believers, and a place to pray and uh, and be connected.
2: Yeah, and, you know, what, and just to add on to that, you know, I, I'd encourage people n- no matter what church that they decide to go to, ultimately. They need to be able to connect with the church, yeah. Whether it's evangel, yeah. whether it's another church, and and again, you know, my hope is that if people are looking out there, yeah. um, that they that they genuinely, really, yeah. um, proactively seek mm-hmm. and and find a place mm-hmm. that they can go that they can feel that they can not only uh, be fed from but can also be a part of. Yeah.
0: I think one of the most destructive things that we see today is the mentality of, of buffet church. And and that's a person who is not connected into any one body, and they go, you know, to this church for you know, a few weeks, and another church for a few weeks. In fact, they kind of they're, they're collectors of church bulletins and church websites, because they kind of look at, you know, pick and choose. It's kind of like grazing and uh just like you go to the mandarin and you kind of go i'll take one of those and i'll have a one of the and there's some even some people that take sushi i mean you guys i mean i don't i don't understand you but you go for it um you know just give me some some good old meat and taters and uh and, and that would make me happy that may be good for a buffet that's good when it comes to eating but it's not good when it comes to church you need to connect him where people get to know you, where people can encourage you, where people can see, am I going forward, am I going backwards, and then they can enter into my life and encourage me into a deeper walk with Christ. And so God never intended us to kind of graze. Right. He, he intended us, in fact, he uses in John chapter 10, where we've been the last few weeks in the church, uh, he, he encourages us uh, to... Um, to find a shepherd and a flock of sheep and hang in there and uh, and uh, that's what we would encourage you as well.
2: Yeah and and you know what? I agree with the even the idea of it's a relationship and relationships are meant to be committed to. You, yes. You're meant to have a commitment to it, you know, uh, with children, with your spouse, with whoever that is. And the church is another mm-hmm. example of that. And you see Paul using that through yeah. Romans. Yeah. I mean again, Romans, if if you if if you said oh, I didn't I don't really like this church, you're not going down to the next church down the street. You're this is this is where you are. This is it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's funny because I, I, I at times I think of um, I, I've been to countries, little tiny islands mm-hmm. where they have a church. Okay, wow. I, Dubai they yeah. have a church yeah. that I could think of. Right, mm-hmm. and if you didn't go there, you were going to church pretty much. Yeah. Right, um, so you know, in those kind of cases, you have to deal with those people. Mm-hmm. That there's no other choice mm-hmm. and and I think that's sometimes sometimes it's actually kind of a good thing mm-hmm. to know I'm committed and you know even if it's not that mm-hmm. you're restricted in that, but you can mm-hmm. say I'm committed to this place and i'm gonna mm-hmm. and I'm gonna work it out with the person that I have issue with or has issue with me yeah,
0: I mean we've mentioned this before uh on the radio, but like the average youth pastor lasts about eighteen months now. the average pastor less than five years closer to three years greatest for the greatest uh reason of of unforgiveness. Hmm. People in the church won't forgive them, or they won't forgive the people in the church, and and that's a travesty. That's that's hellacious. It is destroying our churches, destroying our people, and instead of working things out, again, go back to that connoisseur mentality of, I will pick and choose and find who I want to listen to, and um, that's just not good.
2: You know, as as an interesting side note, I don't know if you knew this about me, but my favorite food, as a matter of fact, and you wouldn't maybe know this from looking at me, my favorite food is all you can eat.
0: It is. Yeah. All you can Any, eat.
2: Anywhere I can eat all I want, I'm, that's my favorite food. Okay. But, uh, anyway, you know, let's get going in the message, and then at the end, we'll go through some questions.
0: Okay. It's the picture. Of this god verse 30 and these the morphed ones these whom he predestined he also called we learn that's invited those whom he called those who he invited he also justified those whom he justified he also glorified as heat is to fire, as light is to bulb, as wet is to water. Glory is what happens when God shows up. God shows up in your life. God is there in your life. He shows up, His glory is present. He invited you. He morphed you. He made you righteous. He lives in you and through you in the new nature. In eternity past, God committed himself to the process that you would become like Jesus. And Jesus is the prototype. My father used to make prototypes. He was a, a machinist, and they would say, John, we want a machine to do this. Or we want a mold that will create plastic to look like this. And My father would make the prototype, the first prototype. Of many. He is the prototype. So the Holy Spirit stands in your place, verses 26 to 27. God is sovereign, 28 to 30. You are in God's hands, verses 31 to 36. First thing we see is that we're speechless. What then shall we say to these things? Well, what are the things that, we're, we're, that God causes all things to work together for good, that God foreknew you, he predestined you to be conformed to Jesus' image, God was, has called you, he's justified you, God's glory has shown up in your life. It's like Paul saying, do you have anything else to add to this? Can we say anything more than that? Is there anything more that, we could, that could be said? As Paul adds in here, if God is for us, If God has brought those things into your life, who is against us? Who can come against you? What can happen in your life to take you off track? There is no one else in God's category. There's no one else in God's God's place. No one can stand against him. You have a choice. You can resist God. You can resist what he's doing. Or you can submit to him and allow him to enter into your life and to finish this process, to work on this process in your life, that you would be a man or a woman made after his own heart. Well, we're speechless. Second thing we see is he's sufficient. He, that's God, who did not spare, means to abstain from. It's the same word that's used of of Abraham when he did not withhold Isaac, he did not spare his own son, this Jesus, but delivered him over. It means to be put into the hands of another. Jesus was placed into the hands of the enemy for us all, on behalf of all who whoever would believe. How will he not also with him, with Jesus, freely give us? It means to grant a favor, to be gracious, to grant forgiveness. How how will he not give you all things? If he has done all of this for you, if he has given you his spirit, if he's changing your life and transforming who you are, if he has not withheld his own son, if he has purchased your salvation, if he's done all of these things, how could you ever think that God would hold anything back from you that is good for you? That is needed by you. He loves you so much. He His compassion for you is beyond understanding, beyond measure, beyond boundaries. He loves you. Everything that's good for you, he freely gives. The Holy Spirit knows what it is and the gift of being like Jesus, transformation is that gift. He knows what you need. What God does not freely give. What are some things that God does not freely give? One, a blind eye to disobedience. God looks for repentance there. Secondly, in, in, in action to your rebellious heart, it says in Scripture that He will discipline you as a son or a daughter, as a loving father who wants to bring that child back into repentance, back into fellowship, back into obedience. God seeks that He will not turn His eye. First, we are speechless. Secondly, He is sufficient. Thirdly, we are secure. Who will bring a charge? Who will make an accusation against God's elect? God's chosen ones. The ones that he's transforming to be like Jesus. What are some charges that could come against? What are some charges that maybe you've heard in your own mind? One could be, you're not good enough. You've sinned too much. You will never be free of that. That's too hard for you to overcome. God's tired of you. He's tired of forgiving you. This is just a phase you're going through. You're going to be back to the old life. Those are some charges that could be made against you. It says here, God is the one who justifies. God is the one who says you are acceptable. God is the one who can argue with God. If God says you have been forgiven, if God says that you are His child, if God says that it is sufficient what He has done to bring you a new life, who can argue with with Almighty God. You don't have to listen to the accuser. An accuser can only make application to a judge. You don't have to listen to him. You should not listen to his voice. And there are many of us who go around with a voice running in our head, playing a tape, saying all kinds of things about us and about who we are that we should not be listening to. Who is the one who condemns? Verse 34. Condemning there means passing judgment. What are some condemnations that you've heard? You're no better than anyone else, and I'll never forgive you. God will never forgive you. I've heard once somebody say this You deserve to rot in hell forever. You can never get free of what you've done. I've heard a person say that. Happy Corn Roast! Yeah, it's that time of year again. It's yes. our anniversary Sunday on the 22nd of September, and we've been looking forward to this all year.
2: That's going to be great. You know, I'm actually looking forward to it for the Corn Roast. There's corn, There, we've got a baptism going not on, the, right?
0: Not the band corn.
2: No, it's, the it's, corn it's that food. Ye... Yeah, food. Yeah, food. But there's going to be food, there's yeah. going to be
0: uh, a baptism. Yes. We've got a special
2: guest speaker who's going to be here. Olu Peters from
0: yeah. EBC College. Yeah. And uh, there'll be a service, services as normal in the morning, 7 p.m. at night, September 22nd. Be there and be ready to be blessed.
2: 112 or Arrest. Can't wait to see you.
0: Fourthly, you're such a loser. You don't deserve God's forgiveness. Ever hear messages like that in the back of your head? Ever hear condemnations like that? Where do condemnations come from? First of all, they come from your enemy, Satan. He's called the accuser of the brethren. If it's coming from Satan's mouth, then it is poison. It is a lie. He's cast doubt on God. He has cast doubt on your salvation. He'll cast doubt on your transformation. Do not listen to him. Where else does it come from? It comes from ourselves. Sometimes guilt and shame. And Jesus says that our guilt and our shame was nailed to the cross with Him. He bore our guilt. He bore our shame. Sometimes the enemy would like to shove that back on us. Sometimes we want to take it on ourselves. There's something in us that says, can I trust God to bear my shame and my guilt? Thirdly, those who have already stand condemned. Think of the thief on the cross. He mocked the faith of the other thief who was following Jesus. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. But those who are already condemned will cast doubt on those who are walking by faith. Those are three areas that you could be condemned in. But who condemns you? But Jesus Christ is he who died. Yeah, Rather, he who was raised, who is on the right hand of the Father, who also intercedes for us. He takes up the conversation on your hand. It says, also there, who did we learn in the beginning? Who else is making intercession for you? The Holy Spirit. Whenever you begin to pray, there's at least three of you present. There is you, there is the Holy Spirit, and there is Jesus. Jesus. As you're praying to your heavenly Father, there's four. My math was off in the first service. Forgot about that. There's the one we're praying to. He is present as well. Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather was raised, who is on the right hand of God, who intercedes for you. Jesus took your condemnation. You do not deserve forgiveness, but Jesus took your place. Jesus stands before a holy God and declares you righteous. He pleads your case. He took your condemnation. He has taken up your cause. Well, we were speechless. He's sufficient. We are secure. We are surrounded, verse 35. Who will separate? That word separate means to divorce. God hates divorce. Divorce is destructive. It tears people apart Who will divorce us from the love of Christ? And he goes into some things here. Tribulation, we learned a few weeks ago, that's that's when life has a lot of pressure in it. Will life's pressure separate you from the love of Christ? Will distress, we talked about that too, that's like trying to... The other day there's a guy that parked too close for me and I got my car door open and there was more of me than there was the space between the car and the door as I was t- that's a tight spot will the tight spots in life separate you from Christ's love you've been in tight spots before no that won't separate us not tribulation not distress not persecution Or famine, lack of whatever, nakedness, peril, sword, all these things that lead to death. They're all death sentences. And then he goes to Psalm 44, 22, and it says, just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We're considered as sheep to the slaughter. People die for their faith. We're to die to self, but... The world does not always react kindly. What can we do in the face of these trials? So many times it feels like there's nothing I can do. Have you ever had that happen in your life, where there's something that's coming at you and you have no ability to change what's coming at you? I was going, I was in front of McDonald's here the other day, and I was no, it was Burger King, and I had the big truck, fourteen thousand pounds. There's this little old fella pulls out in his van, stops, looks at me. I finally get the truck stopped, and I'm like that far from his door, and he smiles at me and waves. And then he looks out, and then he smiles at me and waves. Three times. I had no idea, I had no clue what he was doing. I could not. I couldn't alter the circumstances. He pulled out, and it was there in front of me. Good thing I stopped and didn't run over him. I thought I could drop the snowplow and just push him out of the way. That probably wouldn't have been a good thing. There are things that come your way in life that you feel that I, I can't change it. There's nothing I can do in this situation. Whatever your situation you are in, whatever is coming your direction, whatever you feel you cannot change, there's nothing that will separate you from Jesus loving you. There's nothing that you can do, think, say, that will stop him from loving you when you're his child. I've lived long enough to know that I don't agree with all the things that my children do. Some days I feel like Job, like praying that, you know, the things I don't know about, and there's probably a lot of things, that I, but God, in whatever area in their life, protect them, bring them to repentance, bring them. because I don't know what's going on. There's nothing that they can do that I will stop loving my children. God, even more so, because I'm a human and I'm messed up. God, even more so, there's nothing that you can do that you have ever done that, if you're his child, will make him stop loving you. He won't. He won't. He won't.
2: Well thanks everyone for joining us this evening and again we're going to continue going through Romans next week and through really from Romans chapter 1 verse 1 we're going through right to the end of Romans so really looking forward to you joining us for the rest of this journey as always remember don't end your day without a word with God Here
0: it comes.
1: of new life.